Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and co-hosting with me today, I have a man who has been a long-time listener, first time sitting in the chair, Alex the Sphinx. Sphinx, how are you, big man? Yeah, good. You stole my opening line. <laughs> long-time listener, first time caller. Alrighty. Well, all right, I'm glad you got the comedy down. I'll, I'll just sit here for the analysis. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody's here to do some analysis, man, because yeah. it's been sorely lacking in this yeah, entire... I'm, I'm very much an, a numbers nerd, so uh, well, that'll be clear as, as the pod goes on. Mate, um, thank you so much for coming in at late notice. My pleasure. Chris Barty sent me a thing just being like, I'm, I, I can't swing it. Right. I can't make it happen. And I was like, but Bardo, but why? But, but why, Bardo? But why, big but, guy? And um, I don't know. I think he's, he's quitting his job currently. But why? <laughs> I can't ask these questions, okay. please. My uh, bad, my bad. Uh, you know, we'll figure it out one day. Um, mate, great to have you in the chair. So what we're going to do, for those of you who've been playing at home, is we've got correspondents scattered all over the world. Um, obviously, a huge week of World Cup, Cup a cricket. A wonderful week. Like, I've been exhausted at work because of it. Because normally I, I can watch the first innings. I can get to 11.30. Yeah. And then it's bedtime. Because up at six, got to go to work. But, you know, the last few nights... Yeah, I was coming, put the second innings on next to the bed, wake up every hour, you know, watch it for half an hour. <laughs> My wife hates it. But, you know, it's been, it's been a good week. <laughs> Just having the tablet on right next to the bed or not? No, the laptop. It's, it's a big setup, big 12-inch screen, and she just wakes up to the white light. Go away. Oh, dear, mate. Oh, dear. I'm sure you've been winning tons of brownie points there. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 Not nah. at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, So... What we're going to do is we're going to play some of our correspondence tapes from all around the world. Huge week of cricket at the World Cup. And we'll uh, crack into those boys and have a bit of a listen. And if Spinksy, anytime you want to stop them, you just say, hold up, hey, and we'll stop them and talk some nonsense. All and right. Hold up, hey? Hold up, hey. Hold up, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the vibe. Got it down. All right. He's, he's into it. Um, so you've got a couple of choices to make here, mate. Um, we've got uh, tapes from Adam Hassan from Pakistan, Chris the Goodman Goodrick from South Africa, uh, Michael the Stick Wood from uh, New Zealand. Michael. Uh, our mate, actually. Our mate, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jai Singh, who's obviously our Indian Alan analyst, and I think we're going to save Tom Hawkey for last. Yeah, I think that's best. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is best. Let's let's finish strong. <laughs> Recent events being the way they are. Exactly. Um, so who would you like to hear from first, mate? Well, maybe Indian correspondent, because they haven't been busy as of late. So They have not? Yeah. And Jai's always good for some solid analysis. So yeah, let's, lovely. Let's, let's crack him out. As a numbers man yourself, I think you'll appreciate it. All right, here we go. Jai Singh from India. Hmm, that was a bit close for comfort. India won against Afghanistan. They probably were always a little bit ahead, but it's not a performance that's going to scare any of their rivals. India were limping 224 for eight and relying on their bowlers to contain the World, the World Cup's weakest team so far to an uncompetitive target. They ended up winning by 11 runs, but until Mohammad Nabi was uh, dismissed in the final over, Afghanistan had a real chance of winning. India relied on Virat Kohli's sublime 67 and Kedan Jadar. Hold up. Uh, you can tell Jai shook by this because he's usually yeah. very, very, very forward in his delivery. Yeah, and Afghanistan have been like really unfortunately disappointing. Like There was always hope that Afghanistan so will be one hope. of the good ones. And the closest match they've had has been against Virat's India. So, yeah, I can see he's a little bit 
a little bit shook, a little bit shaken, <laughs> like maybe not looking forward to the next four matches as much as he might have been a well, week ago. Exactly. Yeah. And it obviously was a very, very big time for India. Oh, uh, yeah. And then to find themselves, you know, on potentially the losing side of yeah, Afghanistan. A- Afghanistan's only win of the cup as well. That would have been a great <laughs> Wouldn't that stat. Wouldn't have been great? I love it. Oh, I would have loved it. All right, let's see if he pulls himself together here. Decent 52 to get to a score that was probably just about par on a slow pitch. They then relied on having overs in the bank from Mohammad Shami and Jasprit Bumrah to ensure that Afghanistan had too many runs to chase at the end. Hold up, hey. There. Now, this might just be me because I might not have been paying attention, but where did Bumrah come from? Oh, like, it's been noticed him last test series, obviously, but where did he come from? He is amazing. Yeah, he's phenomenal, isn't he? And just, like, one of the most unique run-ups you have just... Easy as you like. Just, you know, roll roll a few over at 142. <laughs> just, like, ping it at their feet, swing it around the bat. Casual as you like. Where did this guy come from? Yeah. I adore him. <laughs> I adore this man. Speaks up absolutely with you. He really seems to have popped completely out of the blue. Yeah, like, how old is he? Bring it up. He, okay, he I'm has to only be 23, Yeah, yeah, sure. no, he's a young man. He I'm- can't have been just languishing in the Indian domestic system and then pops up once he's shown Sharma's not good enough. <laughs> he's 25. 25, so he's been around a while. Like, he's playing cricket a few years. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and what I love particularly is this front arm. Mm. Front arm makes zero percent sense. None. Zero. None. I can't understand it. In like the just slightest. physiologically, why is it there? <laughs> like he probably doesn't even need an arm. He doesn't Cut need off. two arms. Get enough. It doesn't make. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and India's bloody lucky to have him. Oh, so lucky. And you know, Chris and I were talking about this bit a little while ago. But when you think about Malinga, this bloke Bumra. Um, and all these other kind of like anachronistic kind of bowlers, Mitchell Satner. From, yeah. Oh yeah, from, from New, New Zealand. Zealand, who bowls like Chris said, he bowls like he's constipated. Uh, <laughs> I've started calling him Imodium Satner. Oh, uh, nice. Thank you so love much. It, love it. Thank you, thank you, thank Ding. you. <laughs> it's a very exciting time. Anyway, let's keep going. It was probably pretty well played in this match, but as a sign of things to come, it was extremely concerning. India's uh, performance here if replicated in a semi-final against one of the top teams, makes it almost certain they won't go any further. They desperately need to solve the main problem, which as I see is their team balance. They're not gelling. And the emblem of this, as usual, is number four. From what I saw of Vijay Shankar, he's not the right man for number four. He's got a good lofted off drive, but he doesn't turn the strike over enough. There are too many dot balls. If you're scoring boundaries and you're only striking at 70, I don't think you've really got a place at number four in a modern team. My suggestion for number four is they need to build it around Virat Kohli. Kohli's style is he wants to turn the strike over and score a running ball without taking any risks. To do that, number four needs to be his sidekick. Someone who will give him back the strike, score the odd boundary, but if that guy makes 45 or 50 balls, he's done his job. Kohli can then bat through, accelerate towards the end, and not be the one having to take the risks himself. Kohli in this match played 63 balls, and he was in for 26 overs. To my mind, that means he didn't get enough of the strike. And when Kohli doesn't get enough of the strike, he gets frustrated, he gets himself out. The middle order's left with too much to do, and there just isn't enough impetus at the end. Hold up. 
That's a really nice little point from Jai there from an Australian perspective there, Mm. Spinksy, in that if we're able to keep Coley off strike relatively and frustrate him because he doesn't have the ball coming at him, then he might do something dumb. Yeah, and that kind of showed in our match against them is that they were able to just rotate the strike so easily. Mm. Like Sick of Darwin had a great match with his broken thumb and everything. Yeah. And just able to hold, like farm, the, uh, rotate the strike rather to their strike batsman. So this brings me to like, where's Rahane? Why do yeah. they not like him so much lately? Like he didn't have a great IPL. Like, sure. He even got demoted from the captaincy for Steve Smith, which would have hurt. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, this guy's still not able to play for Australia yet. He's like, yeah, captain. Sorry, Ajinka. See you, Ajinka. Have yeah. a good one. But he, that is how he plays. He's He rotates the strike. He hits mm. your ones. He hits your twos. He gets the odd, like, beautiful Kane Williams-style boundary. Mm. Why isn't he in the team? Yeah, it's Where a weird is he? one. Well, Maybe he's injured. I don't know. I didn't think he was. I, he just hasn't been in favour for a while. And look, things are fickle, mate. Yeah. Like, maybe he, like, hit Donny's cat or something by accident. <laughs> like... What has he done? <laughs> Listen, you run over Donny's cat. That's your cricket career gone. Yeah, no. Nah, Forget about it. He knows it. guys in the army. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Oh, yeah, Who's de- to say? Definitely not me. I mean, Jai's been going on about the number four position for India for a really long time. And that was Rahane's spot. Yeah. That's where he lived. So at the end, the innings splutters to a halt. And if you're up against a decent batting lineup, even... India's gun bowlers aren't going to retrieve it from there. So the prospects at number four, maybe Jadav, he's probably a better bet. He's an unorthodox player who gets the ball into awkward gaps. Maybe Dinesh Kartik, he's a busy player. And maybe Rishabh Pant could come in at number six, therefore. I don't see him as a four because he also blocks too much when he can't get the boundaries. But if you had Jadav or Kartik at four to support Kohli, try and get Dhoni to get more runs. Even Sachin Tendulkar came out and criticised his style of play. And that's a bit unusual. Ian Chappell criticises most players, but Sachin Tendulkar usually keeps his thoughts to himself. For him to come out and criticise his former captain's style of play means that there is a serious problem there. If Dhoni can get the um, singles away, Jadav or Kartik will support uh, Kohli. And then maybe Pant and Pandya can be the enforcers at the end of the innings. But India need to get the middle order sorted because at the moment... Just picking the best player isn't solving the problem. You need to pick the players who will play well together as a team. So we'll see how India go. If they play like this against Bangladesh, there's even a chance they might not make the semi-final. Uh, I'm not extremely excited about this tournament uh, as a result, but there's always a possibility that Rohit and Kohli might cover it all up by making 300 partnerships and cover up the cracks. So we'll see. Well, it's a very pensive Jai Singh. Yeah. And very, just, very pensive. Just back to on Rahane, I just looked it up on the Telegraph in India. He's playing county cricket for Hampshire and scored 119 in his first match. Get him in. He is in the country, everyone. <laughs> he is just there. He's around the corner. Yeah, literally up the road. <laughs> <sighs> Somebody get him on the horn. I know. Get him on the blower. Like, like maybe wait. Till, you know. Yeah, wait till. Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait a couple. But you know what? It's interesting to see. Every team is more fragile than you think. Yeah, huh? definitely. Like, I, I had, I, in my brain, I've had it in my head that, that India have been a, a real powerhouse and real absolute yeah, contender. for years. Years and years, years and years. Years and years and years. Um, especially in this tournament. And then all of a sudden, to have a really close call with an absolute minnow like Bangladesh, mm. I mean, sorry, with like like Afghanistan, who, to their credit, played out of their bloody skins. Oh, yeah. And, like, Rashid didn't, didn't even have a great game. 
And no. they still got so close. 11 runs or something. 11 in runs. The end. Like 11 runs. Defending 220-odd. It was a real round of, like, serious upsets, mm. this one. Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. Great. <laughs> Love it. Who were they against? England. Awesome. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, mate, who would you like to hear from next? Would you like a bit of Chris Goodrick from South Africa? Would you like Adam Hassan from Pakistan? Would you like Mr. Wood from New Zealand? I think Pakistan, because putting South Africa next is two sad ones in a row. <laughs> I just, just lift the mood a little. Pakistan's let's, on a high. Let's list, lift the vibe. Yeah. Now, Adam Hassan is a brand new member of Two for None, Spinksy. Ah. He's only been a part of things for a very little while. And he's a young man from Brighton um, in the south of England. And uh, he's he's a very punt Pakistan fan. So let's... Let's whack him on. His, in his debut, Chris Barty compared him to Mark War in 1999. He came out swinging. He made. He did really great work. Yeah, so wonderful. Let's see. All if he gets grace those, and style. All grace and style. Love it. Let's see if he gets those second album blues or, uh, or or cracks on through. Well, what a week of World Cup cricket we've just had. New Zealand's great past South Africa. Sri Lanka defended 232 against England. India scraped past Afghanistan, and Carlos Brathwaite very nearly carried the West Indies over the line against New Zealand. And then, of course, Pakistan beat South Africa by 49 runs. So Faz won the toss and elected to bat first. Imam and Fakhar got off to a good start and we were 58 for none at the end of the first power play. Both openers got out for 44, bringing Baba and Hafiz to the crease. Baba scored 69 but again failed to kick on. Hafiz looked scratchy and although he became the first batsman to hit Imran to here for a sixth this World Cup, he was out shortly afterwards to the part-time offspin of Aidan Markham. Hold up. Isn't that wild that Imran Tahir has not been hit for a six yet? That's no, the first six. Not a single one. As a leggy. Yeah, and as a leggy who hasn't been playing good, really, in the 50-over format for, like, the last two years-ish. Yeah, like he's yeah. T20 brilliant. Sure. But, yeah, he hasn't been in a good run of form and to not be hit for one six. I'm trying to think who they've come up Well, against. mate, he's come out firing in the World Cup. Yeah, he has. Here. Big he, moments. He really, he really has been um, the shining light for South Africa. But uh, what a stat. Mm. I, you know, if you can go through any tournament as a spinner and not get hit for six until especially like especially a leggy, especially and a not leggy. one of the mystery leggies that that, <laughs> that like are just fabled in the IPL. This mythical nineteen-year-old mystery spinner, but they're just an out-and-out traditional leg spinner, not being hit over the boundary. I will say as well that Pakistan's lack of hundreds from blokes like Babur's arm could well be the reason why they don't make it through to the next round. Yeah, definitely. Like, Harris is not going to be able to smash 90-odd or 60 for you every game. Like, he only just started. Where has this guy been? Bloody hell. Where are all these guys? Speaks. You're in shock and horror over I, there, I know. Just, just they're, they're holding these guys in the wings for, like, this dastardly third act where they crush England's dreams. I'm loving it. <laughs> so in came Harris Sahel, and he absolutely smashed it. After he'd scored 12 of his first eight balls, Robardo decided to move mid on to short leg. So Harris drove him through mid on for four. He then anticipated the short ball next up, gave himself some room and slashed it over point for six. This incredible batting continued until he got out in the last over for 89 of 59 balls after a match-defining innings that took us to 308 after 50 overs. As has so often been the case this World Cup, South Africa never really looked like getting close, with Shadab Khan and Wahab Riyaz taking three wickets each. After having three catches but down off his bowling, including two in one over, Wahab decided to take the field out of the equation and just start hitting the stumps. He bowled Chris Morris, Kagiso Rabada and Lungi Ngiri, 
He was reversing it at 150 k's an hour, bowling full and at the base of the stumps. It was an absolutely incredible spell of bowling. Arguably the best moment of the match was when a 5 ball over ended up becoming a 7 ball over. They thought only 5 balls had been bowled, so they called Morris back to bowl another delivery. And upon the over being completed, they realised it was actually a 7 ball over. I love the idea that something as village as that can still happen in the World Cup in 2019. Oh, no. uh, isn't that great? It's a small moment, isn't it? Just, oh, isn't, isn't that nice? Isn't cricket a bloody weird game? It is, that people can't count just six. <laughs> but, you know, as a bloke who's had the scorebook in his hand, Spinks, from mm. Summerhill sixth grade um, side for quite a while. Oh, yeah, please do tell. It can happen to the best of us. That is true. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, even those little dots, they're just little dots on the score sheet, they just meld into they one, They all meld they? into one big they, dot. They do. Yeah, yeah. Some poor digital scorer somewhere was feeling like an absolute mug. <laughs> <laughs> Our next match is against New Zealand. Admittedly, we are going to have to play a lot better if we want to beat the Kiwis. We can't keep dropping catches, and one of our top four needs to go on and make a big score. Hold up, hey. Just on the catches, I was reading an article earlier today that Pakistan, as Pakistan does, has dropped like 16 catches so far in this tournament. But also New Zealand have dropped 12. Huh. Like, they have not been good in the field. And then in Pakistan's last start against South Africa, they, I think it was four fumbles in the field, but no drop catches, took every one, I think. But, like, these two teams aren't that far apart in how many drop catches they've had. So this might be, you know, maybe catches don't win matches if you are from Pakistan. (laughs) Because they managed to win and have dropped the most catches out of any team in the tournament. So... You know. Wow, Spinksy, what a stat, mate. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I think it's six matches. They average close to three dropped catches a game. Bloody hell. And New Zealand average two. Can you imagine if they took all those catches, though? They mm. would be they'd be right up the tables. Oh, definitely. Like, like, if you've got someone like Amir and Riaz in your, in your team. like Mate, Mohamed Amir. They're doing all the work. Mohamed Amir work. has been absolutely wildly good, hasn't he? Yeah, I like, mean, I'm, all, I'm good for a good redemption story. I oh, love a good redemption story. We all love a shot at redemption, Spinks. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all sitting here hanging out for that to happen. Um, Chris Barty posted me a, um, a post about that a little while ago, saying how incredible Amir has been of late. Um, he really has been propping up the entire Pakistan attack. I mean, this most recent game has been something. I can't find it right now. But it, it has taken a lot of wickets, is my point. Um, let's hear some more from Adam. Credit to Safaz and Mickey Arthur, because the two changes they made really worked in this game. I said last week that we needed more power in the middle order, and although that came from Haris Sahel rather than Asif Ali, the change worked. I also said that our third seamer was one of our main weaknesses, and Shaheen Afridi came in for Hassan Ali and did the job perfectly. Thanks to Sri Lanka, and also Pakistan earlier in the tournament, England are now looking like they may not even qualify for the semi-finals. If they lose two out of their remaining three matches against Australia, India and New Zealand, and we win our final three group stage matches against New Zealand, Afghanistan and Bangladesh, we would pip them for the fourth spot. However, Bangladesh are in the same position as us, so the match between Pakistan and Bangladesh on the 5th of July at Lords could prove decisive. And yes, we still need England to lose two matches out of three. But looking at the World Cup so far, New Zealand have had three close matches and won them all. Australia have had two close matches and won them both. India have now also had a close match and they came through it. England, on the other hand, have had two close matches and they've lost both. So England losing two of their next three matches isn't actually that unlikely. 
It's also worth pointing out that when Pakistan won the World Cup in 1992, the last time that this round-robin format was used, our first five matches were a loss to the West Indies, a win, a washout and two more losses, and after that we won every match. In this World Cup we've seen the exact same results, which can only mean one of two things. Either Pakistan are going to win the World Cup this year, or Safaz is going to become the Prime Minister of Pakistan in 2045. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Excellent That's stuff. That's a nice man. bit of foreshadowing there. For him. I think you'll like that. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing turnaround, it though? Would. <laughs> it would. Politics is apparently... Cricket is the best breeding ground for politicians. In, like. Definitely in Pakistan, for sure. I found that stat I was thinking about, Spinksy. Um, so, Amir, at this World Cup to date, has taken 15 wickets at 14. Pakistan as a total, and these are stats from before the last game, I think, have taken 21 wickets at 52. Wow. So, that is huge. Yeah, that's like that means the rest of the Pakistani team couldn't take eight wickets a match. Yeah. In, an, in the full allotment of overs, they're not doing their job. Yeah. Which is, and you can oh, hear Amir. why. Oh, Amir. You can hear why, you know, Adam's so keen to get that third seamer sorted out. Mm. They need someone to come in a la Jason Berendorf. Oh. 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 Well, that's for later. That's, that's for later. That's for later. Let's not get too hard too early. Let's, yeah. you know, but still, um, that's the sort of bloke they need. Yeah. That's and, like, looking to this uh, New Zealand match with Pakistan, like, New Zealand's last start was not a good one. I think it's five runs in it between them and the West Indies. Mm. Like, West Indies aren't exactly world beaters, but they're not awful. And they've got a good pace attack. they got a very good pace attack. And New Zealand just seems to be a bit... Fra- Except for Kane. You know, you know, Kane can hit 150, that's fine. Yeah. And Ross Taylor's playing brilliantly as well. But the rest of the order, they don't seem up to it at the moment. Guptal out for a duck, Ooh. you know... Spinks, these might be fighting words, mate. On that note, would you like to hear a bit from Michael Lestick Wood? I think I would. Yeah, yeah. I would like Wood. (laughs) Let's whack on the stuck and see what he's got to say for himself. This is Michael Wood from New Zealand, folks. Hi, Lestick here from the small island nation of New Zealand. In terms of population, we are by far the smallest of the countries competing (laughs) and as current leaders of the Cricket World Cup table, some would say we are pushing well above our weight. We have 4.8 million people. I, can't, I don't know if you heard the last ep, but last two, but Chris Barty has been on a bit of a New Zealand vendetta. Yes, uh, I, I have noticed. He's, he's just been, some would almost call him outright offensive. I just wanted to acknowledge some beautiful sledging there from Michael Wood. It's just bullying at this stage. <laughs> just straight up bullying from Chris. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, here he is. Let's get back to Mike. Yeah, the smallest member of the team from the smallest country. Let's go. <laughs> Sri Lanka, the next biggest nation, are four and a half times bigger than us with 21 and a half million people. India are 279... Hold on, hey, fun fact. Yeah. I am four and a half times bigger than Michael Wood. <laughs> so, uh, interesting t- statistic. ...times bigger with 1.339 billion people. Stewart Island, our Tasmania equivalent at the bottom of the country, is our third largest island... And that currently has 402 people residing on it. India has 3.33 million times the number of people than Stewart Island. I would say most cricket fans love the numbers and the statistics. And all I'll say is, I bet every other nation is relieved that the points table isn't multiplied out by ratio of population. New Zealand's last two matches were probably two of the best games in the tournament thus far. Firstly, was South Africa... Hold up, hey. Just again, if you do multiply... Or, like, do a ratio yeah. based on population. New Zealand still have zero World Cups. 
really punching above their weight. It's it's beautiful to see. <laughs> really good speech. <laughs> really good. That's some really good math. I like. I don't want Bart to get all the attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Barty, what's he done for us lately? <laughs> <sighs> New Zealand had not lost a South African World Cup since 1999 and we kept that record up in this game, winning by four wickets. Ferguson picked up another three wickets and Williamson got a glorious 106 not out. No doubt Chris the Goodman Goodrick will talk about the fielding of South Africa, RIP to his team. <laughs> I don't feel so bad for picking on him now. That's, no, that's good, that's good. Yeah, I mean, Wood can more absolutely handle himself. Yeah, you he know, can. He's, he's very capable of that. Um, just great sledging, that's all I've got to say. Um, RIP <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> However, I don't think New Zealand were much better in the field. They hadn't played a game for 11 days and had only been able to get outside for the two days before the game began. Is it possible that you forget how to catch a ball or hit the wickets in a week? This is an area that we pride ourselves in and listening to McCullum in commentary, he wasn't very impressed either. Nishim picked up five wickets against Afghanistan and then didn't bowl a ball Love the Nishim? Oh, I love Nish. Love Nish. Oh, his Twitter game is brilliant. Really? Yeah. Have you not paid attention to no. Nishim's Twitter? Oh, he's amazing. Really? I'm pretty sure he was the one sitting at home when McCullum hit that 300 and BJ Watlings and 150 just saying, I still would have made this team better. <laughs> like, he's, he's fantastic. I, oh, I love the Nish. Like, he had to be talked out of retirement to come back into this tournament. Get out of here. Yeah, because he was dropped. He Big struggle with injuries. He wasn't enjoying cricket that much. And then I think it was an SOS about three, four months ago where they went, Nish. We need you. We need you in the squad. Get back here, Nish. Yeah, we need we need a smile again. <laughs> Come on, Nish. We need to know what love is, Nish. Exactly. I want to know what love is. <laughs> why, why can't you show me? But I trust Williamson. For the first half of South Africa's batting innings, they had a test match run rate, and I was very impressed with de Holmes' 1 for 33 of 10, which he then followed up with a glorious 60 of 47, which was the support and hitting power that Williamson needed at the other end. Kane Williamson. I may have suggested in the lead up to the tournament that he didn't have the X factor that McCullum had. I think it's time I retract that statement. He's averaging 186.5 this tournament and playing with ease and style. There is a reason they call him Steady the Ship. The West Indies. Guptal out first ball. Munro backed up his nine against South Africa with a first ball duck as well. Once again, in comes Williamson scoring 148. As even Ross Taylor said, the West Indies probably deserved to win that game with a magnificent maiden ODI century from Carlos Braithwaite. He was unfortunately caught on the boundary by Trent Bolt, a ball that was inches away from winning them the game. I love to see New Zealand win, but I really felt for the Windies here. People had spoken that they may have already checked out of this tournament and be carving up the nightlife scene in the UK, but you could see how gutted they were at the end of this game. And I hope they have a strong finish with their final games. New Zealand have been pretty up and down so far in this tournament in different areas and luckily it hasn't cost us yet but it's time for some players to step up. Now I can hear Chris Barty from here saying that he thinks that I'm giving the Kiwis a rough time and that he'll tell me to look at the fact that we've won all our games and are unbeaten sitting on top of the table and to that I say good. You keep thinking that. If Chris and all the other teams think we've been playing at our best then we're still very much underdogs. Williamson and Taylor have performed well with the bat, along with that important knock from de Grandholm. But other than that, definitely been below par. Guptill hasn't really fired yet. Latham's yet to score a decent score. Munro is still in the team. 
harsh. He's got a real vendetta against Munro. Yeah, it's not unfounded. I missed the opening partnership of Latham and Guptill. That was those were the good old days. They were the good old days. They huh? nearly won you a World Cup. Yeah. Also, it was McCullum and Guptill, but yo, oh, Latham. Oh, oh Latham. get him in. I love Latham. Um, yeah, Michael Wood has got big problems with uh, Munro. Yeah, I can tell. I, I, caught a, uh, I got a ride with him the other week and he just spent about 20 minutes just being like, he's got to go. <laughs> it's truly <laughs> terrible. Well, he's not wrong, to be fair. Well, like, it has not turned it on in this world. It's not even today. what has Munro done for us lately. It's what has Munro done? Done. Full stop. Just done. He's the opposite of Jasper Boomer, you know? Where yeah, hasn't like, he been? You're like... Why is he here? Like, where have you been? And why are you here? These are the big questions. Yeah, it's like when you pick up an extra kid from school and you're like, I only have three. Jo- oh, damn it. Beat me out. Our fielding has been pretty average. Our bowling, bowling has been fairly good, but we've seen Bolt far from his best. Southie and Ish Sodi and Henry Nichols are yet to play in this tournament. Will Gary Stead and Kane Williamson be brave enough to risk breaking up the winning team? I personally think they should. Would hate to see someone get injured heading into the semis and realise that someone like Saudi hasn't played for months. Pakistan are next. I think I've heard every cricket fan and commentator say, you never know what, what team's going to turn up with Pakistan. And I've been guilty of that as well. And look, there's probably some truth in it. But today is the day I'm going to get off the fence. They've just had a great win against South Africa. But instead of picking up momentum from that game, I think they're going to slip back into their woeful ways and the Black Caps are going to absolutely pummel them. Something is cooking in the Black Caps side. I think Bolt's going to pick up four wickets, Guptill's going to smash an 80-ball 100 and will clean them up with 10 to 15 overs to spare. You heard it here first. I may get caught with my pants down, but I think sitting at the top of the table may cause some underperforming stars to take some risks that will pay off. Some big calls yeah. there from Woods. Yeah. How news, do you feel about well, that? Well, news just in. New Zealand's just won the toss and they will bat first in this little rain-delayed game that they got going there. And, oh, I'm hoping for a big opening spell from Amir. <laughs> oh. Michael, if you're watching at home, if you're listening, oh, I really hope there's a good spell. Or like a fiery Riaz one. Just bounce them out. Yeah, yeah like just it, some wild bounces would be great. Even a good length to Williamson's a bouncer. So, come on. <laughs> Who's shorter, Kane Williamson, Michael Wood? Oh, I don't know. I th- I think Wood's got big fighting energy. True. Yeah, he's got um, he's got that BFE. Yeah, BFE. <laughs> <laughs> That's a family friendly version. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm a family friendly guy. Um, thank you to Michael Wood. Uh, I I think yeah, he's- thank you a lot. I've I enjoyed that. <laughs> I I think Spinks is probably right though. Out of the two sides, I'm backing Pakistan. I'm sorry, I'm backing New Zealand over Pakistan. Oh, you would any day of the week, like easily. Like they are a a class team and class captain, class couple of batters, class bolt, severely underrated bowler. Yeah, massively. He's been in the top five for ODIs and tests for the last five years. Yeah. He's an immaculate bowler. And you know what's great about him? He's a left arm quick spinks. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm a, as a lefty, left arm pie chucker myself. I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, one man to hear from before we dive into the game most recently against the Poms, and that is Chris, the good man, Goodrick. Now. I have a feeling in my heart that he's going to be sad. Yeah. He's been sad pretty much this entire World Cup. Yeah, he has. <laughs> I'm not expecting that to change. Yeah, but uh, 
I don't know if I should th- throw my, my joy out too early or just wait until I hear him speak. But that might be digging the boot in. Yeah, just, let's just play it and yeah, see. Let's, 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 let's have see. a listen. Chris the Goodman Goodrick from South Africa. Let's see what he's got. New song, folks. New song. I don't have the rights to this. <coughs> oh, no. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me, guys. Um, just was um, munching on a succulent piece of Stuart Island's finest seasoned lamb. She's <laughs> a totes on it. <coughs> Stuart Island with the shout outs today. <laughs> Very good. Very good from Chris Kendrick. Very good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Jeez, excuse me, guys. Um, oh, well, let's talk about the cricket, shall we? Or perhaps we already are. Because South <laughs> Africa have choked again in a World Cup after their defeat to Pakistan. Have hold, hold up. Hey. Does it count as choking if you lost from the beginning? Because surely choking is is the end. Mm. Like, you're, you're at the last morsel. You, oh, you've almost finished. And then you choke. Well, I think Chris is referring to the fact that in the lead-up, they were considered big dogs. That's true. They were big, 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 big dogs. That didn't work. No. No. In fact, the good man himself was, was quoted as saying that Rabada was going to be player of the tournament. Um, I don't even think that he's in the leading wicket-takers list. Oh, well, he was injured this... for a bit as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He missed a game or two. Yeah, he's he's not towards the top. I can tell you that. Kikisa Abada has played seven, and I believe he's only okay. taken six wickets. Wow. Best of two for 39. He's averaging 50. Yeah. 5-0. So, uh, could he be just a flat deck bowler? Well, it's England, mate. Yeah. It's England, and it's his first time here, I think. If it's not his very first, and it's one and we're of We're all first. very forgiving of people for their first time in England, aren't we? Well. Historically. <laughs> historically. <laughs> like, oh, just his first time. You're not going to get dropped. You're, oh, it's your first it's time. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's, he's only bowling to the left and bowling to the right. Yeah. It's fine. His name's Kagisa Rabada. His bowling is pretty good, generally. His bowling's very good, generally. Anyway, look, listen. Um, it's definitely not the performance Kagiso would have liked. No, but I'm thoroughly enjoying seeing a very sad Fafta Plessy, I have to say. <laughs> Just, oh. Just loving that. Oh, so much. Uh, let's crack in. All but confirmed, our exit out of the tournament. Against New Zealand, it could be said that it was not the approaches that let things slip at the end, but more the brilliance, composure and class of a certain Kane Williamson who managed to steady the ship and guide the Kiwis to victory. The Proteus certainly fought hard and gave a performance that every South African can be proud of in a game that ebbed and flowed in each team's favour and had everyone at the edge of their seats. It was ultimately the Kiwis who had the edge in what proved to be one of the games of the World Cup. The win has been well received in the small islands of New Zealand, the North Island, South Island, Stewart Island and the Chatham Islands coming together <laughs> in, their in their celebration. Chris lives in uh, New Zealand. Right. and um, That must be tough. Yeah, and he was really not looking forward to the fact that the Proteus lost. He was definitely going to cop it, and I bet, mm. he, I bet he has. Um, but uh, for the people just tuning into this pod, wondering why everyone's going on about Stewart Island, um, <laughs> Chris Barty, the last episode, was very, very shocked to learn that New Zealand had three islands, um, Stewart Island being one of them. Yes, the, the, the well-renowned the well-renowned Stewart Island. Um, and so there's been considerable sledging, not only on this podcast, but on the two-for-none chat, folks. You should see it. Um, there's been some really good jokes <laughs> panning around. <laughs> oh, let's hear some more from Chris. 
which mostly involved sausage rolls, meat pies, and beautifully crafted pale ale. Geography note, the Chatham Islands lie east of the South Island and have a population of around 600 people. Hmm. Moving on to South Africa's last game against Pakistan. The Pakistan team made an excellent start and were positive from the get-go. The South African bowling attack tried everything to slow down the runs, but Pakistan were relentless. Imran Tahir bowled excellently and again proved to be South Africa's best bowler. Pakistan finishing with an imposing 308 runs after their allotted overs. Hashim Amla's nightmare at the World Cup continued as he went cheaply. Dukok and Duplessis played well to get things back on track for South Africa. However, just as both players were going on to make big scores, Dukok was caught out in the deep for 47. Markram came in and perished soon after to leave South Africa struggling at 106 for 3 after 24 overs. It was an uphill battle from there and again, no one put up their hand in the SA team to make a big score and steady the ship for South Africa. This has truly been one of SA's biggest problems through this World Cup. Loads of players getting starts, none of them making big scores. However, credit must go to Wahab Rehas for some great death bowling at the end to squeeze the life out of the SA tail. It was a dominant performance from Pakistan and they, were th and they thoroughly deserved their win. The World Cup for South Africa has, won has been one of our worst in our history and is all but pride to play for in the last two encounters against Sri Lanka and Australia. I suggest the Proteas now start planning for the next World Cup, a bit earlier than the other teams, and should use this valuable extra time to prepare for this World Cup and get that advantage. I Hold up, hey. Like, I definitely agree with that there. Like, they went into this World Cup with Dale Staines stuck together with sticky tape by now i think like he's he's not he he's their strike man him and rabada up front brilliant losing him before a ball's even been bowled like surely that was expected so they were using stain in all the lead-ups and yeah. whatnot to, and to lose your probably one of your best bowlers of all time before the tournaments even started surely south africa would have been looking beyond that and it doesn't seem like they have yeah, and mate, like the batting lineup is a similar thing in a lot of ways. When you have yourself, when you look at that lineup and you whack Callis and Davilius in there, mm. then it is punchy. Aren't they regretting not allowing him to come back? Well, 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 and isn't he it, asked? And isn't it interesting that Jimmy Neesham mm. got the SOS and was like, "You got it, boys." I'm yeah, there. Oh, of course. Um, but. AB, I think the way that AB went around it was probably not the, the way, way to go. he left was yeah, and, and he left at a time when South Africa needed AB. Yeah, like he was, if not the most consistent batsman in the world, definitely the most destructive. Yes, he still could be, uh, maybe behind Josh Butler, but he's he's still there. And for him to leave the way that he did, he didn't. Oh, I don't enjoy my cricket. I don't. I don't enjoy my my team effectively. That that would have stung. And you can understand why Faf and the management for South Africa went, nah, mate, he mm. the bricks. Oh, definitely. As opposed to Nisham, who's just sitting around tweeting his butt off. And exactly. And like, get this fella in. Yeah, like, <laughs> Nisham's living play. his best life. Let's anyway. bring him back. Yeah, let's add a World Cup to it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do I do feel for him. And I, I feel like they, yeah, they obviously weren't as prepared as they needed yeah, to be. And they are missing batsmen in terms of, like, over the last two years, guys that have been, like, regulars of the satellite. Dean Elgar not yeah. being around. Uh, Bavuma. 
tentative yeah. movement, who I, I love as a yeah. number five. He's, Stretch, he's a great batsman. Amla's a shadow of his former self. Mm. He, he still hasn't hit the heights he hit from about four or five years ago. Decock can on his day, but he is like a, a do, rocks or diamonds kind of batsman. Yeah, and so that's it's a real shame that they just don't have a spine that. I love you know, rocks or diamonds, Spinks. Rocks or diamonds. I love that. Yeah, you, you can have that. Uh, you, you well, I'm keeping it. it. We'll put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> we t-shirts. Got merch. We got t-shirts. merch. That's it. Merch? Somebody called T Public. Put it on a shirt. Mm, but it is it is a real shame for South Africa because they have been between World Cups for the last twenty years one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. And then World Cup rolls around, not so good. And they go to the dogs. Yeah, exactly. I suggest they use the last two games and this World Cup to prepare for India 2023. Yes. All right, boys. I'm going to leave it there. Come on, uh, South Africa. You've got two games to for pride. If we can just beat Australia in the last game of the group, uh, the, the round robin, it's going to be beautiful. It's, it, it, it's going to put the cherry on top. So, Paddy, Bardo, see you later. Thank you to Chris, the good man, Goodrick. Oh, boy. What a tough time to be a South African the supporter. poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. The poor country. The poor country. The poor nation. I know. Spinksy, the poor nation. It's a tough time to be alive. Oh, but now we get to do the good part. Are you ready for this? There's Ooh, been 40 I, minutes of build up. And I'm just going to stretch out. Yeah. I, yeah. I really, I really got to do just this. Just really getting into my bones here. Ooh. There's only one man left to hear from, and that is Tom the Hawk, Hawkey. Um, he sent me a bulletin from a Brit before the Australia versus England game. Mm-hmm. And then I said to him that we were going to watch that game and do a pod the next day today, the Wednesday following. And uh, he quickly deleted his previous oh. one and sent me this. Now, I haven't listened to it. At all. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to just dive into oh, yeah. speaks. Just before we start, I would Please. like to give a shout out to... Uh, I was, I'm a recently married man. Oh. About two months ago. Thank you very much. And uh, my in-laws are English. So, I would just like to give the father-in-law, Andrew, if you're listening, I'm going to make you. Um, <laughs> just, just... Hi from me. How you going? <laughs> I'm your son-in-law. All right, cool. Let's, let's get this going. I enjoyed that. Hi there. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. England have played three matches since my last bulletin, and they can be summed up as the good, the bad, and the ugly. First up, the good. England hammered Afghanistan by 150 runs, with Owen Morgan stealing the headlines with his world record 17 sixes. That's right, 102 of his 148 runs came from maximums. Then came the bad. England's bowling and fielding were much improved against Sri Lanka, and England restricted them to a low 232. However, England seemed to be only able to perform in two out of three cricket disciplines in any one game. (laughs) I do enjoy that. (laughs) I do enjoy that a lot. And it's very true at present. It really is. Some games, their catching just goes absolutely to the dogs, doesn't it? And, and, and sometimes just their batsmen go missing. Stokes is the only one that I've seen that's got any fight in him. Mm. As soon as things aren't going their way, like, Owen Morgan seems to throw in the towel. Yeah, it's weird. Which is really disappointing. And Bairstow, I, like, he's been making really good 40s. Oh, great 40s. Really good 40s. Really solid 40s. Who was, who was that opener in the, the 2013 Ashes? I forgot his name. Oh, Phil Jacques? No, no, no. Eng- English opener. Short guy. He made Carberry. Oh, yeah. Carberry. yeah he yeah, averaged yeah. 42, and his highest score was like 67. <laughs> Just like always hitting 40. And Bairstow's doing that. He's doing real good at 40. Just making really great 40s. Yeah. And but- ducks. Oh. 
Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> and accordingly, their batting was atrocious. The main nemesis was the veteran Lasseth Slinger Malinga. He took the wickets of Bairstow, Vince, Root and Butler. That's three world-class batsmen and James Vince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vincey. Like, yeah, like he's, he's kind of been thrown to the dogs a little bit. Like, Roy's out. Alex Hales does drugs. <laughs> yeah. Vincey, you've all we got, mate. And then they bring him in. He doesn't do a job because that's why he wasn't in the squad. It's, it's why he wasn't opening the batting. He can't do it. And then they bring him in to open the batting. And guess what? He didn't do it. He's still not doing it. Shock and horror speaks. I know. And then everyone's just throwing him to the... Oh, yeah, it's Vincey's fault. Yeah, it's Vincey's fault. Of course it's Vincey's fault. Yeah, no, it's Vincey. Oh, he just undoes the balance of the team. I don't think it's right. Why'd you pick him? <laughs> Why are you here? You and Monroe, go home. Get out of here. Get out. Get the bricks. Despite a swashbuckling end from Stokes, the rest of the team batted brainlessly and left him stranded on 82 and England embarrassingly 20 runs short. And finally, today came the ugly. England hadn't lost two ODIs in a row since January 2017. Unfortunately, to keep that run going, they'd need to beat Australia. Winning the toss felt positive, but England's bowling was far from it. They bowled too short and allowed Finch and Warner to rock back and wait for the ball. The openers put on 123, setting a platform that Australia failed to fully exploit. England's bowlers dragged themselves back into the game and the Aussies ended up 30-40 to 40 runs short. However, England were a lot shorter than that and slumped to a 64-run loss. Losing Vince to the second ball set the tone for a dismal display. Shocker. Hold up. Shocker. I've been waiting for this for mm-hmm. about 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, it's since it's this been a tense 24 hours. And Spinks, uh, it's the time to talk about Jason Berendorf's second ball of oh. the game. Oh. Uh, Screamer. Now, now, folks, if you haven't seen it, please go and take a moment to go and watch the highlights. It is a cracker. Yeah. And Vince didn't do much wrong. He really didn't. Maybe a little bit too much distance between bat and pad, but not much wrong at all for second ball. Oh. It's a peach. It's an absolute peach. Yeah, if I d- hadn't watched the game, I would have slept well that night. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, length. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about it, about mm. this game. So in the And in- girth. <laughs> There's been a lot of girth chat too. That's been a different conversation. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, the length chat has been about... Uh, that England bowled a bit too short, mm. in with especially with the new ball. Yeah, and Warner and TK didn't mention this, but he may go on to. But Warner and Finchie at the top of their dig mm. had a lot of luck. Oh yeah, like when all the balls that are beating your batsmen miss the stumps, you're not going to get a wicket. I mean, that's a great point, Spinks. When all your really good balls, like really good line, really good length, cutting them like just in front of the guts, miss the top of off then you're not going to get a wicket, are you? And look, there was a couple of missed chances catching-wise, but they were, they were toughies. Mm. Um, oh, one was fairly simple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it Root, I think, who dropped yeah, it? Root. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and from Joe Root? Ooh. Ooh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a toughie. <laughs> uh, I, I would almost call it regulation. <laughs> Some may even have called it regulation. Suffice to say that, you know... Um, yeah, they did. They didn't. They didn't take advantage of that, and I think that. Um, and that's the story of Australia's World Cup as well. Is Finch and Warner have 
been dropped a couple of times early on mm. before going on to make big scores. Like this is Finch's second hundred in a row. He's top of the not top of the run scorers, but he's, he's close. Yeah, he's second, I believe. Yeah, behind um, him. Uh, yeah, it's four runs between Finch and Warner. Yeah. Davies on 500. Um, Finch is on 496. Yeah. And Shakib Al Hassan. Shakib Al Hassan. What a tournament has he been. Oh, oh. mate, what a player. Um, let's hear some more from Tom. Yeah. At least we now have a new phrase of the English language. When someone finds themselves promoted to a position they didn't expect, then fails horribly under the pressure, we can simply say, they vinced it. <laughs> Stokes once more batted within himself to steady the ship and notched up his third score over 80 in the tournament. But when he fell to a perfect Mitchell Stark Yorker, the end was inevitable. Yeah, let's, hold, hold, up, up. hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, that Yorker. Oh, it is a thing of absolute beauty. It is. I, I saw a headline today which I just fell in love with because I love wordplay. I love cricket. <laughs> Mitchell Stark is now the Duke of Yorkshire. <laughs> and especially considering Joss Butler and Joe Root are Yorkshiremen themselves, they must be real upset. That is so good. Oh, it's perfect. That, that, that does so much for my insides. Oh, like that ball and the ball to McCullum. Like they're inevitably oh. being compared. Inevitably being, inevitably, mm. inevitably, say, say it with me. Inevitably, inevitably. being compared. Because they're just, oh, they're things of beauty. Here's what I love about the ball last night to Stokes. Stokes is in really top form. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's on, you know, he's made a whole bunch of runs. He's looking real good. This ball starts outside his off stump. It comes in. I'd say about half a foot, mm-hmm. lands right on the crease line. He gets his bat down, but not in time. And then it just takes out off stump. Exactly. I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a Yorker take out off stump. Swinging in, perfect landed on the pitch and zipping back out again and still taking the stumps. It's impossible to play. It, it, you know. Like most balls are impossible for me to play. Well, but, you know. <laughs> That's why my podcast. These guys are professionals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talk. It's great. Spinksy and... Stokes's reaction. Exactly. Stokes's reaction. He just dropped his bat and kicked it. Like he was filthy with himself, even though he didn't do much wrong. Like he, maybe he could have got the bat down. Sure. Maybe he's the only one in. It, it, he has a lot of responsibility for the innings now because everyone else has failed. Sure, you can be cranky, but sometimes you just have to respect the ball. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was a, it was a brilliant piece of batting. For sure. Stokes seemed to have a sore calf muscle, which is what happens when you have to carry your team for two innings in a row. Either side of a plucky response from the middle order, the Aussie pacemen tore through a batting lineup who have struck fear into the hearts of teams for the last four years. Today, they look like a shambolic shadow of their former selves. The dwarf took a fifer, and armchair selector P. Cullen must be purring. <laughs> well, this is a bit Hold of up, thank you, Tom. I am indeed purring. This is the sound of me purring. Thank you so much for throwing there to me there. Um, <laughs> I feel really good about my choices. Yeah, no, well deserved. Thank you so well much. Deserved. I've made so many poor selections on this podcast. For yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> and finally, Spinks, I bloody got one. And this is. <laughs> and you got a beauty. Thank yeah, you so much. This is the sound of me hanging my hat on it. That's it. That's that's That was actually a tea towel, but it's close as I can do right now. <laughs> so where does this leave England? They now have Pakistan, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh breathing down their necks, but their fate is in their own hands. So long as they win all their matches, they'll progress through. The only issue? India and New Zealand are their final two opponents. Do England need to change anything? Yes. Moeen still isn't convincing me, and I think he should head home to tend to his new daughter. Liam Plunkett should come in, and Adil Rashid can operate as the lone spinner. 
For two matches in a row, our supposedly long tail has wagged about as much as a dog's does just after it's been struck by a fire truck. England need to work out a batting plan B for when plan A goes awry. The unconvincing, see what I did there? James Vince needs to go. And if Roy is still not fit, then England should call up pretty much anyone with a pulse as they're bound to be better than James Vince. And finally, England need to make sure they don't panic. Good luck to them on that front. Absolutely spectacular bulletin from Tom. There. It was. Really good. It was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that also. Yeah. Nearly as much as I enjoyed beating the Poms yesterday, Spinks. Yeah. Oh, just to be an adopted Englishman. I think I've just been emancipated. It was amazing. <laughs> and, mate, first blood mm. in this Ashes summer. Exactly. Um, the summer that's that, that approaches us um, rapidly. The teams, like, our ODI team is not too dissimilar from the test team mm. at the moment. Mm. So, and they're all kind of informed, which is nice. It's really nice. And Hazelwood and the other boys in Australia right, are over there doing well, well. Matthew Wade at the moment. Matthew Wade. Matthew Wade. I mean, he's got to what, beaten the door down. What does he have to do? Like, I, maybe he ran over Donny's head. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain a lot. It would. He, he, what does that man have to do yeah. to get into this team? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, surely anyone who's dropped would be hard done by, like, Marcus Harris, anything like that. Like, for sure. Cream is an opener, but Matthew Wade. I mean, you really can't ask much more for that guy. Mm. Mate, um, just really quickly on this game, obviously, um, I don't know if you felt like I did that at the at the end of the innings there, um, we squandered a bit of a start. You know, having only oh, made definitely. two eighty five. Mm. Um, f- oh, how'd you feel, especially about that middle order? We're looking at Kawaja with twenty three, uh, Maxwell with a twelve, and Stoin with an eight. I was pretty nervous around then. Yeah, I was real nervous when Maxwell came in when he hit that four and he hit that six. I just went, yeah, he's not gonna last. Yeah. Oh, I don't like this. Like, this is Wood. Wood's a quick ball. He's got the fastest or the second fastest ball in the tournament. And Archer's got the other one. Yeah. Like, these are quick bowlers. And he just tried to glance at... No. They're real nervous. I mean, again, rocks or diamonds with Maxi. Yeah. Um, And we're prepared for that in our hearts. But you wonder about that bloke in pressure, Mm. don't you? Like, I'm sure he dreams of being Grant Elliott in 2015. Oh, yeah, don't like, we all? Exactly. Uh, he he would have gotten all the free food in New Zealand after that. He was a champion. He would have got all of the uh, the island lamb. Yeah, he, he, would have got, lamb. he would have gotten Stuart Island. He would have got the whole the, place. They would have just given it Bequeathed to him. Bequeathed it. Yeah, given to him. But also, that run out. Oh, mate, it was bad. Like, that's the really second bad. ugly run out. Yeah, it's not good. That we've had. And I think, you know, um, Smithy was, was saying no, but he was yelling it upstage. Yeah, he was ball watching. Yeah, which is uh, not great. Yeah. And also, to be fair to Smithy, Stoinis would have been out oh, if yeah. they'd run. Yeah, like, that yeah. ball got to Rashid. He was two metres out. So, it was a good throw. He was gone. So, who was at fault? Yeah, tough tough to call. Mm. Um, and that's I, the second one they've had. Yes. In the warm-ups, they had another really nasty one. Stoinis was walking off the field screaming at Smithy, you have to call it, you have to call it. So, I think Stoinis didn't trust him. Ha. Mate, well, that's not a great... Sign heading to yeah. the semis. Especially when they're just two places apart in the lineup as well. Can I raise something with you here too? I have a feeling in my bones that Steve Smith should be batting at three. I think everyone thinks he should be batting at three. Do you reckon? I think even Usman Khawaja thinks he should be batting at three. Yeah. Like Usman Khawaja wants to bat at three. 
He wants to bat at one, to be fair. Yeah, for sure. And that's where he's best suited. But I'm, I'm not sure who would be better to come in for Kawaja, except for Matthew Wade. <laughs> but he's not in the squad. He's not in the squad. We can't so, replace him. Kawaja needs to get injured ah. for Wade to come in. So, well, maybe he slips. But here's the thing. Kawaja gets injured, Sean Marsh comes in. Uh, okay. I take back that statement. <laughs> uh, Kawaja, stay healthy. Uh, say real healthy. <laughs> it's nice to have somebody else in the pod who's uh, with me, re Sean Marsh, and the need to keep him I out of I distinctly remember you being a big fan of Listen, Sean Marsh. Listen, mate, I really was. You were, especially I, around test time. I, I was a big fan. Oh, was, oh, the sauce, was it? The sauce? Yes, yes that you, was me. You got on the sauce too I was hard. on the sauce train, and in recent times, I've come to regret that position. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm, glad. It's, it's, I'm a proud it's, West Australian, and yeah. I like seeing West Australians in the side. I much prefer Mitchell than Sean. Yeah, I'm with you there. I feel like Sauce's days are now set to become a great T20 player. And yeah, and he that's the thing that's bugging me. He comes in at the 35th over and scores two off 12 and gets out. Like, he is has been playing wonderfully well for the Scorchers, and he's with the Renegades or the Stars for the next season. They're mm. going to love having him there. Yeah, Why can't he do it? Why can't he do it here? I don't know. He's, at, he's what, played two games this World Cup? Yeah. And got... Eight runs total, yeah. like something really, really low for someone, especially of his experience, of his talent, of he's it was always that guy who could be great and never got there kind of thing. But ah, oh, don't don't know why he's there. Why are you here? <laughs> you Munro Vince, go to the Shakespeare, just have a pint. Get out of our lives, would you? Yeah. Um, listen, uh, obviously, Finchie's 100 was the highlight. Um, David Warner chipped in with 53. They made a great opening partnership, the two of them. They looked great. Yeah, the they've turned back the clock to 18 months ago where they were just absolutely Smashing amazing. It. And the rest of the order, once again, was failing. Um, Alex Carey did a great job with 38 off 27. He's been the surprise for me. I've really enjoyed watching Carey. Yeah, like, he's great, isn't he? He's only over there for 20 balls, but he gets you 30 runs, 35 runs. Brilliant. Love it. Perfect. Love that. Hits a high strike rate, too, of 140 in that game. Um, and England's bowling, batting, sorry, was more or less taken apart. Stokes, the mm. only highlight taken apart by that Stark um, in swing. For England about. to be undone by swing at home... It's Ooh. just poetic. Oh, doesn't that do good things for your insides? But I want to bring up my favourite stat. Please. Because, because this uh, was the first game for Berendorf. Oh, second game for Berendorf mm-hmm, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. But this was the first game for my man Gary. Yes. My main man Gary. The I've goat. screaming for the goat to get back into the squad. And he didn't set the world on fire. Nathan Lyon doesn't set the world on fire in one day. But what he does do is go for less than five and over. Yeah. He bowled nine overs, 4.7 runs off each over. That's exactly what hold up and end. Oh, and it's not exactly like England were racing away, but that's the best or second best economy of anyone on the squ- second best economy of anyone who bowled more than five overs. And Great, given how much those English batsmen have taken to traditional off spinners. Oh away, yeah, especially at home. Especially at home, it's it's really impressive. And it, look, I think that bowling attack for me should be the bowling attack for the rest of the tournament. Oh, definitely. Like absolutely. Injury, like, don't get me wrong, we nearly needed NCN's a 90-odd a couple of games Yeah, ago. He, he has some really nice flashes with a bat. That's good. But Cummins and Stark have got that too. Yeah, and his pace is down to NCN. He's only he, bowling 135. He's old. He's old. He hasn't hasn't been playing with one day as for a little while. He got kicked out. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, he's he's yeah. played admirably for Australia over a few years, but just Berendorf, man. Berendorf, the 5 for 44, was exceptional. Starkey with 4 for 43. The left arm is combining there. And Paddy Cummins just keeping it tight. Mm. Um, Bold and maiden. And we only got eight overs out of him. That's all we needed. Yeah, and Berendorf um, being a swing bowler from WA. Oh, 
Like, he's not led a nice life. <laughs> he has been bullied. He has been forgotten. He was always the last picked for the 11. The poor guy. But to, he's he's come to England. He's destroyed England with his swing bowling. I think it, it's almost worth the therapy. <laughs> I hope he's got a mental health plan. Oh, yeah. Um, Spinks, uh, we, sh- we can we're gonna revel in that glory for a fair while. Um, and coming up, who have we got next for our next match? We're New Zealand. New Zealand. And then uh, we end with South Africa. Well, I think we'll take South Africa, but mm. the New Zealand game is going to be a heck of a thing. Yeah, it is, because we lost to India. Yeah. And that was like the first real, real test. Well, before the tournament, every game was a real test against Australia, yeah. uh, for Australia, according to most people. Mm. But India, once we got in, a couple of good wins, a couple of sloppy wins, lost to India. We weren't at our best. We still haven't really been at our best until this match against England. So New Zealand might be close. I think it's going to be tight as mm. anything. Because um, there wasn't much between New Zealand and India for the three overs of play they got before it rained. Yeah. Um, and India haven't been setting the world on fire either. So yeah. this, this has been an interesting top three. Uh, anything's up for grabs, Binks. Who do we want in the finals? Do we want New Zealand? Do we want India? Like in the semis? Do we want India? Do we want New Zealand? Or as Steve Waugh predicted and everyone laughed in his face, he said the top four will be India, New Zealand, Australia and Sri Lanka. Ooh. He left England now. This was four matches, like two weeks ago, he said, yeah, I think Sri Lanka's going to get it. I think England's not going to make it. And he's not a Glenn McGrath. He's not a guy who just no, 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 makes no. up these things to annoy the host country. No, I mean, you know what? There is big potential in my mind for Bangladesh to knock England out. Mm. If the if the Poms have a bad run... Shakib. Shakib. Come on. Shakib. Take five. Shakib Score 100. So good that I think they nearly deserve to get in there. Oh, definitely. And I feel like Bangladesh are on the up and England are on the down. Well, every team except for South Africa and Afghanistan have had at least one player you could fall in love with in the yeah. tournament. Like, Shakib has played amazing. Um, Amir... Um, Cottrell. Oh, Cottrell. Braithwaite. Oh, Cottrell. Braithwaite's surprised me. He yeah, really he has. Can... He's he's not been very good for a little while, but he's, he's playing very, very well. Yeah, it turns out he's a baller. Mm. This is going to be the game. This is England and India playing on the 30th. Australia play New Zealand on the 29th. England play India on the 30th. This will separate the things, mm. right? Um, and we will have a lot clearer idea of what's going on by then. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I very rarely would like India to win another match, but if they're going to win a match, it might, have said it might as well moment, knock England out of the World Cup. How good would that be? Oh, oh my God. Mate, um, we better call it there, Spinksy, otherwise we'll be talking all night. We um, will. But thank you so much for coming on the no, podcast. No, thank mate. you for having Feeling me. For Chris, really appreciate it. Any final thoughts from you before we sign off? Ooh, that's an interesting one. What what I would like to see this World Cup is a Grant Elliott moment for Shakib. Ah, oh. I would like him to hit a six over Long on over who Trent Bolt's head. Ah, oh. or no, Boomer's. Oh, that would be that would be beautiful. Little Bangladesh just off the side of India, smashing India out of the semi final. Yeah, I'm looking forward for that. <laughs> a re- actually. Oh, I'm going to be real disappointed now because that's not going to happen, but I really want it to happen. <laughs> Mate, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your work. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to us. We'll be back next week with another podcast, and I imagine Chris Barty will be back in the chair, but we shall see. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. If you haven't yet, make sure you go into the iTunes store, like, rate, review the podcast, share it with your mates, get around it. We'd really appreciate that. We will be back next week. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, and go those Aussies! Go Aussies!